permission to come aboard. The Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. That's right. We're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and the small screens, and we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight. Let's get started. My name is Scott. And I am Tim, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. How are you doing tonight, Scott? Oh, you know what? I'm doing A-OK. It's been a nice, relaxing little Saturday. Yeah, I saw that, and I and I saw you, you know, singing uh, a Teen Titans Go song. That's just what happens in our house. That's you what know? you guys do. Yep. Yeah, when I can get my when I can get my two-year-old to say caca i'm just it's a it just makes my makes my day and even my wife laughs because we finally showed my wife the movie she was just like okay that's funny it's like thank you i appreciate that she's like my husband's not an idiot no this actually does come from something <laughs> well i don't know if she says that no she she doesn't she, she just goes this is kind of funny like, thank you appreciate that and i've got my i got my you know my snyder justice league shirt i do too yeah, i'm all i'm rocking it it's it's awesome yeah i tell you what during the day you know and i i i think it was chris was the first one to post it. Chris was the first one to get Chris it. Chris Rimmer was the first one to get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, when does his postman deliver the mail? I'm like, I swear. I don't know. I don't know. Well, he got it first, and of course, he's got a video just showing it off, and I'm just like, gosh darn it. Because, like, in my neighborhood, like, I don't know, I, we must be at the very tail end of the day when it comes to mail delivery, because we always get our mail, like, at 5 p.m., right? So, uh, and so, like, uh, Chris had his video out there, then you put yours out there, and I'm like, gosh darn it, I gotta wait. I gotta wait, you know? I'm gonna I'm gonna be at the tail end here. So, it was like, there's like a little bit of, like, like a, a pissing contest going on. In yes, my head. there was actually. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> oh, but it was great. Like, finally got it because you know the whole question is to be like, okay, is this shirt gonna fit me? Because I'm like one of these kind of guys that like I, you know, I run between a medium and a large when it comes to like shirt you size. and me, you and me both. Yeah. It depends on it. It depends on the brand of shirt. Yeah, and I'm glad I went large because that large almost fits me like a medium. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because of the it was that slim fit. Yeah. yeah. It was like it because. I'm kind of at that stage in life where things like to cling to me in places that I'm not particularly <laughs> proud of. Yeah. Oh. And so I, I put it on. I was just like, oh, this is like just the right. That's like, this is just the right amount of, of fit because I couldn't have gone smaller. And so I was just like, yes. Yeah, you picked the right one. Yeah, it's kind of the same way. So it's like, so usually like when I don't have a chance to see it in person, I'll just like default to large. And then like yes. most of the time I'm like, ah, I wish I would have gotten a, you know, a medium, you know? And so I'm like, okay, on this one, you know, I'm going to go medium, but then they had talked about it being a slim fit. I'm like, oh, maybe that's not the right choice, but I end up choosing it anyway. And, and, uh, I didn't regret it. It was, it like fits great. So, uh, I was pretty happy about it's that. It's so soft actually. Yeah. It's not, and it's, it's thin. So like, that's going to be like a really good, like spring summer shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I was pretty happy about that, and you know, and uh, I, I took a look at it, and I think they're up around fifty-two. No, uh, it's around fifty-two thousand dollars or fifty. Uh, I have to look at it now. Live update. Yeah, live update. So we're talking about you know the all the gods T-shirt for Zach, you know, promoting for uh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Right. So here's the latest update. So it looks like they've sold uh, two thousand eight hundred seventy-one shirts now. The original goal was to raise a thousand dollars, and they've now raised, uh, according to 
this $57,848. Wow. So that's like $5,000 more than last week. And how many more shirts? Uh, um, I don't remember, but I mean, it was... What, what was the number this week? It was 2,871. Uh, that's okay, that's, right now. that's about 2,000 more shirts. Oh, no, 2,000 no. more shirts. 200. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong zero. Move, move the decimal point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's about 200 more shirts. So that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. So, uh, yeah, I was I was pretty stoked to, to actually get that thing to come in. And not only that, I mean, uh, again, it goes back to the idea that what you're doing is for, it's it's an absolutely, you know, wonderful cause. And uh, to, you know, on top of it, to get such a, a great looking shirt out of it, you know, I mean, how could you not do it? And then I just need to sit down with my, like, my, my code books and my, and my legal pads and like, you know, like <laughs> disappear, disappear into the insanity as, <laughs> of, of posting the, the, the red yarn all over right. it, trying to figure out what the shirt means. You right. Know? Yeah. Was that Parks and Rec? Is that, is that, uh, no, 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 that's, that's not that. Parks and Rec. You're just, so it's sunny in Philadelphia. So the Philadelphia, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was great. Like when I posted my, uh, my picture on Twitter, uh, one of the people that responded was, uh, at Viva La Nets on Twitter. And, yes, uh, he or she, that. yeah, he or she said, Hey, well, that photo did it for me and for a great cause. And he showed that, um, you know, he had actually purchased a shirt or she. He or she. Yeah. 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 So that's awesome. Awesome. Well, okay. Well, enough of this little chit chat. Yeah. We do want to remind you that we are members of the Suicide Squadcast Network. That does include DC Comics Squadcast with Chris and Jordan and Fans Without Borders and DC TV Squadcast with Brent and Ray. And by the way, how long was their episode? You know what? That is an excellent question. I'm going to have to because look. Because I never got a chance. I never got a chance to see. Uh, okay. More it's live updates. More live updates as I pull up the app. And <laughs> let's see. In uh, that episode, in the, well, it says it was 46 minutes remaining. <laughs> that doesn't help me when I want to know how long the actual episode was. Yeah. Because uh, then it would require me actually hitting, you know what, I'm going to hit play just to just to check it out. No, it's there only we an go. Hour and, it's an hour and four minutes. I'm disappointed, fellas. No, 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 no. It's not did an I hour and four minutes. One? You did the wrong one. It is one hour 47. Oh, 47, yes. One hour the... 47 minutes, yes. <laughs> All right, I rescind my snide comment. Well done, gentlemen. Because <laughs> they're dealing with Gotham, three episodes of Young Justice, Supergirl, Arrow, Black Lightning, and The Flash. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. So it's going to be, that's, dang. I'm having to I'm having to listen to their show now in like chunks. Yeah, I can't I can't sit and listen to the whole thing at one time. <laughs> oh, and we're and we're gonna be running out of server space here, so we're gonna have to figure out something because these shows are just running too long. <laughs> yeah, so basically, stop it, Brent and Ray. Stop, yeah. stop, stop covering everything. We just you're costing the network money. Yeah, or talk faster, or just <laughs> talk faster, <laughs> talk faster, <laughs> or just record both of you but delete one of the tracks and have just one person talking, which would not sound awkward. <laughs> you know, harder, faster, more intense. Do the George Lucas method of (laughs) podcasting. Yep. Oh, man. That's awesome. And then, of course, we want to thank all of our patrons. We want to thank all of our patrons over on patreon.com slash squadcastmedia. We really do appreciate your financial support helping keeping the lights on and paying our server fees and our hosting costs and everything else because, dang it, you get for free, but it ain't free for us. No. (laughs) And we really appreciate it. And we hope that you're enjoying all the additional content. Uh, I just finished listening to the Movie Squadcast X2 review today, which was an awesome review you guys did. I really had fun with that. Yeah, when I was producing, I was thinking, you know, I think this might be one of our best episodes. Uh, well, it was good. I'm glad Jordan was there. Yeah, yeah, that was 
definitely fun. And I actually, late last night, I just posted my latest episode of Scott Shots, introducing my new theme song, written by our very own Chris Rimmer of DC Comics Squadcast. Yeah, if you're a fan of the 80s, you'll love the opening. You'll love this theme song. Uh, I definitely get like a living on a prayer vibe. It's <laughs> it's it's great. Yeah. Um, but I, I reviewed the last two weeks of Young Justice, so I did like a 20-minute review of seven episodes of Young Justice. Just it was, it was like shots. I just set them up and threw them back. Yeah, well, that's very good. So yeah, go check it out, guys. Again, we thank you for your support, and uh, we have a lot of good stuff out there if you're able to do it. So let's get on with the news, bud. Okay, so, okay, it's a fit. Okay, here we go. Drum roll. <laughs> Give me box office update on Aquaman. Let's get that out of the way. Okay, it's not the latest numbers, but it's close. You know, it's these things take a little while to update, and especially the international numbers may take a day or two, you know, to fully update. Aquaman is now probably, by the time you're listening to this, it is probably the number one uh, DC film overall of all time when it comes worldwide. to... Worldwide. Worldwide, yep. So uh, let me see if I can pull up the latest numbers here. Worldwide. Aquaman, as of tonight, and we're recording on a Saturday night, is at $1 billion and $77 million. And The Dark Knight Rises, which is the number one film of all time when it comes to worldwide box office, is at $1 billion, $85 million. So yeah. doing the math, that's about $8 million away. So it is clearly going to eclipse that here. Uh, it's a done deal that it's going to pass it up, and Aquaman is going to be the number one DC film of all time. Well, there you go. Amazing. And Yes, and it's going to be that without any Oscar nominations, by the way. So Because those those got announced this week. So, yeah. you know, that Skylar Gray was, <laughs> I, I guess, having, was this Instagram? Or where was she having lots of fun? Like, she was, she was like, taking screenshots of different online articles and then posting, like, captions on top of it. Like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think it was, I'm, I think it was on Twitter that she was actually posting this. Okay. So there's, like, you know, where's our Aquaman song on the, that, <laughs> yeah. and then the fact that Aquaman wasn't nominated for Best Visual Effects. Yeah. Even though we were discussing pre-show that at least the ones that did get nominated for Visual Effects, most of them we kind of go, yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah. 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 I mean, one of them was a little bit iffy. We won't name that one, but like... We won't name that one. But I think the one, you know, when we first saw the list of like, these are the 10 finalists, there were certainly like two films on that list where like, there's no freaking way. These there's no belong. way. They don't belong on this list, especially above Aquaman. And uh, luckily, neither one of those two films made it to the final. So, yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that, that is that. So it's still making Buku's money, still hasn't even opened in Japan yet. Yeah. And, uh, but James Wan apparently is talking about, you know, there is sequel talk. Deadline Hollywood is reporting that James Wan is seeking seaworthy script as first film makes DC history. So, you know, basically the, the narrative being pushed forward by all of the online sites is now Wan wants to see a script before he agrees to direct a sequel. Yeah. I'm sure there's also a, a Brinks truck or two that <laughs> is involved in that as well. For but, sure. yeah. but, you know, he, he did quote the article, he quote tweeted the uh, article and then wrote a quote saying, for years Aquaman has been an orange-shirted punchline. No one is laughing anymore. And this weekend when the King of Atlanta surprises the Dark Knight of Gotham City, Orange will officially be the new black for Warner Brothers. And James Wan comment to that quote was crazy. Yeah. Um, kind of getting back to what you mentioned about, you know, uh, a sequel being in development. So this comes from a Deadline article. So this, they're actually talking about uh, Warner Brothers is wanting to bring James Wan back. So what they are talking about, the capacity at this point, uh, the sources are saying that the plan is to have Wan oversee the development of a second film. And then that's going to include, uh, you know, him selecting the writers and then make a decision on whether to direct it or not when he sees the script. 
Which just sounds like they're giving Juan even more creative control over the sequel than he had over the first film, which, you know, I'll never complain about a director having more creative control. Absolutely not. No, and this is a and this is a great thing, too, because, you know, you think about how many years he's been spending on this film, and, and, and it's probably been eh, over two years for sure. Over two years, because we've been hearing about... I remember them talk, James Wan talking Aquaman during the release of BVS. Yeah. So that that's at least... I mean, we're almost coming up on three years years of yeah, that almost three and so that was the thing with james wan this is the one thing james wan always kind of regretted you know like one of his er- his earliest film one of his earliest films i guess i think it might be his earliest he you know directed saw and then that became a big franchise well he only directed the first film and kind of walked away well they they took the franchise in a different direction after that and he always kind of regretted the fact that he, he never really kind of got to reinforce the world that he was kind of building and so then when he uh when he started the insidious franchise and the conjuring you know he made sure to come back for the sequels on that and in with the incredible world building that James Wan did with Aquaman, you can be sure he was going to make sure that he came back and at least has some kind of say in his thing. So that's that's definitely very good news. Uh, you know, not just for this franchise, but you know, it's 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 great news for him. Uh, it gives him a chance to you know kind of reinforce and re, you know and continue to uh, build upon the world that he created. Yes, I would be interested just because of my own personal criticisms of the film, as can be heard on our review. Uh, you know what what an Aquaman film would look like when he's kind of got his hands in like the he, he, when he has more sort of administrative control over the script and stuff from the beginning I'd be very interested to see what that looks like yeah probably a lot more Pitbull <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's why did you go there oh, why did you go there why did I not go there that's that's the bigger question but you did go there <laughs> that's the problem oh man so that's that's always good news so again congratulations to you know the filmmakers on this thing you know James Wan and all the rest of the crew uh just uh, you know incredible job taking this thing in and dominating like it has internationally especially yeah so let's move on to the film that like i am super psyched about and i will continually remind everyone that i am super psyched for shazam Uh, but there's a Funko Pop. Yep. It looks awesome. I, I I I hate the fact that I've kind of made a decision that like I'm done with done with Funko Pops at this point because this Shazam one looks pretty and it's like it's calling to me, Tim. It's calling to me. I need you to slap my hands. I'm not gonna stop you because this is a fantastic looking Funko Pop. And you know I don't. I've only got I, I've got maybe 20 Funko Pops. They're really. I mean they've all been given to the kids, so it's like I don't really have them anymore. So I don't necessarily buy them. But I'm looking at this one. I'm like this is a nice looking Funko Pop so I love how he's even got the little eyebrow up yeah. I, I feel like this is from that scene where it's like the I'd like to buy a selection <laughs> of your finest beers please cause just oh, I just I just love Zachary I really do kind of have a man crush on Zachary Levi right now cause he's just so much fun between this and I've told you he's in the second season of The Marvelous Ms. Maisel yeah. on Amazon and he's just delightful completely different character for him Yeah, but he's just delightful and his timing is perfect yeah. so i just love how there's even that little subtle eyebrow raised on the funko pop well we've always talked about it too you know uh, you know actors that come out of the the comedy side of things they just have really phenomenal timing and you can just see it you know put to use in this film so far at least in the trailer we saw yeah um and then we jump over to our other hero of the film david sandberg <laughs> the director who is just like it's like a gunslinger just looking at these stupid internet rumors going <laughs> 
Oh, he was he was walking the dogs this past week, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, because I just I it's so great how he just he, so he someone will tweet him about a rumor or he'll respond to the rumor generator him or herself, and he just is he's not mean, but he's cutting, and it's great. <laughs> well, he's literally cutting in his like avatar. <laughs> Oh, that is that is very <laughs> that true. Is true. But yeah, that no, it's true. perfect. Uh, and and I love this. I love it when these guys come in and just take control of the narrative and the messages and just and with these sorry rumors that get out there sometimes just like cutting them off at the knees. Now this is one that we weren't even sure. Like I mean, there was a rumor going around that we were going to possibly get a trailer, you know, on Tuesday last Tuesday, which that was kind of like the original word we were getting for quite a while. And then when that thing got dropped, you know, unexpectedly on Sunday, we we're like, oh, well, would we still get a trailer? on Tuesday? Well, like the source of that rumor was continuing to just say, hey, you know, we are definitely getting this trailer on Tuesday. And then and then I think Sandberg just had a ton of fun because he like he knew it wasn't dropping and he just like put these little snarky comments out. <laughs> he said, no, I don't know where this info came from. Yep. And then I, someone else said, uh, I wish someone had tweeted this sooner uh, in, instead of fans getting their hopes up. And Sandberg says, I hate for people to be disappointed, but I can't respond to every rumor. Safe as best is not to believe anything that hasn't been officially announced. Thank you, Sandberg. Preach it to the back of the choir. I mean, seriously, it's like I feel like everyone on this network has been saying that (laughs) for so long because we we've been doing this for almost for almost four. We're coming up on like three and a half years. It's like we know how this game is played. Yes. It's like, come on, people, learn, (laughs) learn the way they play you and stop falling for it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 we've definitely I mean, it's you know, sometimes we will talk about rumors, you know, things that we can't verify independently you know we'll talk about them just because we think okay there is a chance it could be you know that at least this seems to make somewhat sense and we we may talk about it because lots of people are talking about it so we might as well give our thoughts on it we've certainly done that but you know it is it is hard to sort through all the different bits of information that get out there and you know little things like this when there's talk that there's going to be a a trailer dropping or in this time frame you look at the time frame and go well yeah that time frame kind of makes sense so you think well i think there could be some validity to this thing it's it's just you just don't know but sound advice from David Sandberg for sure you know just basically don't get all bent out of shape about rumors well and Ray from over at fans and, and DC TV he has a great theory that I think makes sense he's saying Super Bowl yeah I, I think so I, think I so. mean I, I if you're thinking about the timing of this movie that's a that no I'm not saying it's gonna happen there but I think that's a time frame that would make absolute perfect sense for marketing and I kind of feel like you know when it comes down to it normally Warner Brothers does not advertise during the Super Bowl that is true they just don't do it and but if you kind of think about you just got done having a box office smash with Aquaman, right? And then you've got another DC film coming out. You know why not strike while you know the iron's hot? They did. They did Super Bowl advertising for uh, BVS. They did not. They did not. The uh, the partners Turkish did. Airways. Yes, but it was not Warner Brothers. Ah. Uh, so okay. so Warner Brothers. Tip- there. So so Warner Brothers does not typically do this. Now if you kind of think about that, like the, the combination of like you just had Aquaman come out just gangbusters at the box office. You also have a character that I think is going to pretty much appeal to a lot of the mixed audience that you're going to that are going to be watching the commercials during, you know, Super Bowl. So it's like you you've got that. The 
this is a, gives a good chance to kind of get this character out there because I mean, let's face it. I mean, Shazam does not have the the name recognition with the contemporary audience. You know, no, no. So you get that out there, and then on top of the fact that we know this, the budget of this film was quite a bit less than what they've been, what the budget has been for some of the previous films. There is marketing money in there now that they don't typically have. Um, that they don't that they're not typically to, to wanting to spend on something like this. Can I, I kind of feel like with the potential, if you can if you can excite that same audience, and if you can you know end up getting them excited enough that you can get numbers that you know you're not going to do Aquaman numbers, I wouldn't imagine at this point. But but maybe you do much better than you would ever expected. You know why not invest a, you know a million or two into a Super Bowl ad? You know why not get Suicide Squad? Right. You know or or something, especially when you don't have to make as much to make bank on it because right. the profit margin is the bar is lower because yeah. of the lower budget. Once again, kind of one of those, this is what Hamada was brought in to do. Yeah. So let me ask you this now. Okay. Okay. So we, we know there's a trailer that's completed, right? We do know that. Um, we do know that. We do know that. So uh, is it possible that, you, especially with a character like Shazam, that you could actually get a trailer that is tailor-made for the Super Bowl? What I mean is like, could there be like an inside, you know, the inside kind of joke within the trailer is Super Bowl related? I, I don't see why not. I mean, it's. I almost feel like the, the beer joke is like is perfect for something like that. Yeah, and 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 I feel like it has the hum the type of humor you know that would play well for a Super Bowl. Absolutely, ad. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so I you know m- my prediction, and I have nothing to base this on, but it's, it's like I, I'm predicting it based on like this is something that I can totally make sense here. If they had been planning this for quite a while, why not? Or they may even be able to decide it relatively recently. Why not do something? that completely plays in, has some kind of humorous bit that kind of plays into the idea of a Super Bowl or, you know, just have something that would be geared towards a Super Bowl audience and put something out there. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay, next up, we have tons of those. It's that time of year again, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, it's set visit time where 10 gajillion sites publish the exact same story (laughs) but but written slightly differently for their individual website. Um, I, I, I was, as I was helping... Tim break down stories to talk about for tonight's podcast. I am reminded again of something that I want to um, I want to share. Once again, <laughs> three and a half years of doing this. How many how many cycles of set visits have we gone through? Uh, like five now. Yeah, guys, let, 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 let's understand something here. On these set visits, you do not need to click on every little story because guess what? All of these reporters are literally writing down the exact same answers because it's not like they each got to ask their own individual question every single time. Most of these stories was there was a whole group of them and a question got asked and they all wrote the exact same (laughs) answer down because they were given the answer at the exact same time. I cannot tell you how many times I have read a quote in three or four different articles and guess what? It is word for word the same quote because all those people from all these different websites heard the exact same thing. It's the way this thing works. And this is where I've actually kind of found like I appreciate the websites that kind of take the time to say that these are the things we learned and they just have like bullet points. Joe Blow is great for that. Yeah, Joe Blow actually did. And, and I often don't go to Joe, Joe Blow for anything, but like when it comes to like these set visits, like, okay, I appreciate that they did that because that's basically just giving us the gist. Like if they have like 30 bullet points in a story, that would literally be like 30 comicbook.com, you know, articles. 
No, no it is actually. It, <laughs> yeah. I, I read some of them. Yes. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so let's let's just kind of talk about some of the things we did learn, and we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna give credit to Joe Lowe. We're gonna kind of look at some of their lists here, and uh, you know, just kind of pick some things out. Uh, all right. Obviously, we're talking about a story that takes place in the DC universe. So I mean, we we duh, we knew there were tons of n- nods to other DCEU films in it. Um, of course, it's big with superpowers. We've been hearing that since the beginning. Yeah. Um, I love how some of this information is like, yes, Shazam's an acronym. Thank you for the uninitiated. It's it's written for the people that have no idea who Shazam is. <laughs> well, but kind of getting back to that whole Shazam thing, there was some interesting uh, discussion that kind of occurred around uh, in some of the interviews with Zachary Levi. You know, sh- you know, you talk about Shazam being you know a six letter acronym, which obviously we might as well repeat it here. I mean, it stands for you know the wisdom of Solomon. Uh, S stands for Solomon. Uh, H is for the strength of Hercules. A is for Atlas uh, and his stamina. Z is for the power of Zeus. And then A is for the courage of Achilles. And then finally, it rounds off with M, which is uh, speed and flight of Mercury. Okay, so we know all that. So one of the questions that always kind of came up, and I'm glad they actually touched on it, uh, when you talk about like the wisdom of Solomon, okay, if you kind of look at how Shazam is kind of being portrayed, you know, in this, when uh, Billy turns into Shazam, doesn't come off as the most wisest person in the world, does he? No, but Solomon made some mistakes too. <laughs> he did. He did. But that was but that was the one thing that was kind of interesting. They fully acknowledged that. Like, well, you know, when you take this interpretation and you say, you know, I'm going to stress the idea that this is a kid and in an adult body, it's kind of hard to, you know, make Shazam completely wise the entire time and then not be able to kind of play on like the youthfulness of, a, of basically a child inside that body. So, so it kind of makes that say, just say, yeah, well, I mean, that you're just not going to get that, at least in this early stages of this character. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that Zachary Levi said that he turned down even auditioning for the role of Shazam because he, he was just like, they're not looking for me. I'm a scrawny little <laughs> geeky guy. Yeah. And the, but uh, they came after him a second time and then he decided to give it a shot and he was he was hired off his screen test. Yeah. So I which I can completely believe based on, you know, Zachary Levi's previous work. Yeah. Well, and then he also did go on to talk about, hey, this was actually built off of Jeff John's new 52 run, which we've we've all kind of known here. But they they did say that some of this is going to actually touch on some of the key elements uh, from uh, the original appearance of Shazam and, and, you know, the Shazam family from a Fawcett comics. So, yeah. And the costume designer, uh, Leah Butler, also said the same thing happened with the costume. Obviously, the costume is heavily inspired by the Gary Frank design from that New 52 run, but that there also have specific elements that they've personally added. And we'll, we can talk about that in a little bit of detail because we did have an interview with Leah Butler that really detailed their thinking behind the Shazam costume in the movie. Yeah. Uh, David Sandberg came in and said, hey, this film is not going to be an outright comedy, uh, but it's also not uh, dark and gritty. Oh, the words. <laughs> dark the and words. gritty, yeah. He says he likens it to some of the classics that you'll see, like Back to the Future, The Goonies, uh, Ghostbusters. He kind of like compares it to that. So, Well, this is great because those are movies that they were comedies, but they had an edge to them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised about that. I mean, we know what this film's going into it. So, uh, I'm sorry, but if you're one of the purists like we are, that we, you know, we love like what Zack Snyder was doing with Batman v Superman. If that's where your mindset is going into this film, you're going to be disappointed because that's I mean, not what you... that's not what this character. That's not how this character is being portrayed, and that's not how David Sandberg is is taking this film. And I, but I, but I love it because the movie is appropriate for the character. Right. Absolutely. It's it's, it's, it's perfect for this character. Um, we are going to get to see Doctor Savannah as a boy. So there, there's a scene in that new uh, extended look we got last weekend. That's like, yeah, that's Savannah. Like that's that's Savannah. that's Savannah in the in the seventies. Yeah, right. That's not Billy. <laughs> so 
that's going to be awesome. So we're going to get we're going to get his backstory. Um, uh, and apparently, uh, Savannah's going to have a magic eight ball. That's <laughs> that's going to be funny. It's important to him. Obviously, something very important from the seventies. <laughs> so you should know, old man. You I know, should. You tell, yes. tell 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 us about those magic eight balls. Uh, <laughs> don't no, not really. That was no. no. I, w- I was going to do an eight ball pun, but I won't. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm sure there was going to be some twenty minute story about how eight ball is very important to you in your childhood, and I just wanted to cut you off the knees right there. I never got one. This is a sore spot with me, actually. <laughs> oh! <laughs> okay. You know, I've talked about how I didn't have much as a kid. Like, this is one of the ones that, like, my classmates my classmates had them, and I was like, oh, I wish I could have one. I knew there was a story. There, I, there's a story for everything. Everything. <laughs> yes, I know. We will get the origin of the Wizard and the Rock of Eternity. Well, you would think you would. I mean, yeah. how could you? Once again, some of these some of these bullet points get the point that's like, well, no, duh, it's an origin movie. Of course. Are we going to get, like, that giant rock hanging above uh, the little the throne with hanging by a string i feel like I we have so. to get that i feel like we have to yeah you have to <laughs> uh we're gonna get an explanation about why uh dr savannah's eye is the way it is which well, we, we know yeah yeah we, well we know but we know well, I mean, we think we know but we you never know i mean they may they, you may, never know. they may take some creative licenses here yeah uh once again talking about how the mark strong said in several of the interviews how of course his character is much more inspired by that new 52 version of savannah you know well no kidding because yeah. savannah in the original Fawcett comics was just mad scientist. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, you know, Billy Batson is described as being a young kid in Philadelphia. Uh, he's been skipping from foster home to foster home. And he's what he's doing is he's he's convinced that his real family, his biological family is out there and he just needs to find them. And so that kind of makes him a little bit rebellious. And it's, you know, it, it's kind of like one of his motivating factors that we're going to see in this film here. And the idea about Billy being pure of heart and strong of spirit, which is, you know, which was some criticism that this version version of Shazam the New 52 got because Billy was kind of a jerk and we've seen a little bit of that in the trailer but there was an interview with Zachary Levi where they talked about what their definition of pure of heart meant and and it's not that he's just an absolute goody two shoes but it's that he has the ability to resist temptation and you know since the seven deadly sins are a major characters in the Shazam mythology it's more about it's not that you're totally 100% perfect but it's more the fact that you're pure of heart in a way that you don't fall for those kind of temptations. Right, right. So I thought that was very interesting in the interviews. You know, it was kind of funny, uh, kind of talking about this whole pure heart and, and the thing that we saw in the trailer where uh, Billy, you know, like his, his uh, one of his foster brothers was being picked on and he turned around and just hit those guys with the crutch and all that. So <laughs> I always kind of love that because like I showed this trailer to my daughter uh, a couple days ago and she watched it and she goes, oh! And she goes, well, they had it coming. <laughs> Yes, you have raised her right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was like, that was a proud, that was a proud dad moment. Uh, they do touch on um, Jack Dylan Grazer's character, Freddie Freeman, uh, which we've kind of like gathered some of this from the actual, uh, you know, the trailers themselves. But he's a superhero expert who collects all kinds of superhero memorabilia. Well, no kidding, I've seen the trailer. Thanks, Tim, <laughs> for that shocking revelation. Yeah, but uh, they're saying he, like, you know, he obviously suffers from a disability, that causes him to walk with a crutch, um, which makes him think that Superman is the ultimate hero uh, that he would love to have the ability to fly so i mean that that all really much ties in like i can i can completely see those being connected together oh absolutely especially when we know that the shazamly is either in this film or in the near future so it's that's gonna be fun i was interested in the fact that there's going to be a battle in a shopping mall there's there there's a very purposeful christmas time setting because david sandberg really wanted to highlight family and finding your family and you know that's kind of what a christmas movie almost always is about 
out, yeah. which works out. And that carnival scene, uh, that's the that's the third act. That's the third act battle is the fight yeah. at the carnival, which they built from scratch, which allowed them to do a lot of practical effects. Right. Because they built it. Yeah. And he said, like, because, I mean, we see it in the trailer. There's a scene where there's a Ferris wheel that's kind of knocked, knocked over down on the ground. And uh, David Sandberg actually posted a video of him writing it before they knocked it down. <laughs> because he said, basically, once they knock it down, they, like, they can't, like, put it back up and have people actually on it. <laughs> you know, so that's why they had to basically just buy it so that they could trash it. Okay, so I, I hinted before about the interview with the costume designer, Leah Butler, and she commented that, you know, they his costume is, that Shazam's costume is going to be filled with a lot of mythological symbols and icons that were used in the design because, you know, all of his, you know, his acronym, most of it comes from ancient Rome and ancient Greece. And so they really wanted that to be, you know, incorporated into the design. So there's a lot of gold and there's a lot of luster. And, you know, that was kind of the look and the feel that they wanted to bring. I noticed this already, but she highlighted it. That if you look at his cape, there's kind of that Greek pattern that yeah. goes along the trim of the cape. And then, and I do like this because they, they actually gave an explanation to you know you know why gold and it was basically saying hey gold was like a precious metal to the ancient gods and so that you know it basically gave a reason for why it was actually gold yeah and then there was an interview with mark strong this one i read was particularly from collider and i kind of had to skip around um you know bits and pieces of it but i I focused on what mark strong said and he's he he said this what i love about this movie and the way they've written it is that there is a reason he is how he is talking about savannah often villains can be painted in broad strokes they're evil and that's it but we get to see him young we get to see a scene in which he's bullied not only by his older brother but by his family and is misunderstood as a young boy what the movie has at the core is this idea of family and who is your real family and so i i just love that you know give me give my villains motivation i yeah. love it yeah and he talked about how part of his motivation fighting shazam is going to be he just can't understand how this 14 year old boy was chosen to be worthy when he wasn't yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's going to be interesting. There's obviously going to be a lot of jealousy there. So, and and I think it's the, the big question is going to be like, how does Savannah actually get those powers that very much mimic, you know, what Shazam has? So it's like there's a lot of different theories floating out there, but it, you could just see that like, however he got him, it was because of like, you know, he must be having all this jealousy that he wasn't selected, and somehow he gets the powers anyway. So, but guys, basically, all those articles out there, we basically just broke down the things you needed to know. Yeah, that's the, you're welcome. <laughs> Yo, welcome world. We did it for you. Yeah, which you uh, which you would have seen with any of the the millions of headlines out there anyway. Exactly. A lot a lot of this was just basically if you read the headlines, you got the story. Right. That's, right. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, kitchen update. I read it. Oh, you did. Did you get it through all eight issues? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. I read right in the afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Thanks I still to have Comicsology Unlimited. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I see potential there. I I can see the film needing to make a lot of. I can see the film needing to make a lot of changes or adjustments and not be like a faithful adaptation of the graphic novel. And I would be okay with that. Um. It's one of those books where I love the concept, but I wasn't exactly excited about the execution. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I got through four issues of it. And I at the end of the fourth issue, I was kind of like, okay, 
where is this going to go? Because it just kind of felt like it was more of the same, you know, as the story was kind of progressing. So I'm curious, the 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 second half of the series, does it does it have a distinct, like, kind of ending to it? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. I felt like the ending of the graphic novel was a bit sudden. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, but once again, I, I could see a really good screenwriter taking the idea and really running with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. And we got that one uh, coming up this year. It's uh, supposed to premiere September 20th of 2019. Yes. And then we had a Zazzy Beats interview with MTV News talking about Joker. <laughs> and uh, the, the quote that everyone is pulling out is this. Uh, the script is great. We rewrote the whole thing while shooting it. We would go into Todd's trailer, write the scene for the night, and then go do it. Yeah. Which, really, if you know about movie production, this is not a terribly uncommon thing. Well, especially if you get somebody like a Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, I am I am sure once he got involved and started getting into character, like new ideas started popping up. And, and I'm, I'm not the least bit surprised that they were making tweaks along the way. No, not at all. I mean, this is always the biggest difference between like theater and movies. Like in, in theater, if the playwright writes it, it's it, it's scripture. Yeah. Like yeah, uh, unless the playwright is there making the changes him or herself, you do what the script says. Yeah. Movies, I have I have I've read enough about movies and I've seen enough commentaries. The script is more like a suggestion. <laughs> well, and Zazie even said here that you know when they were making these changes in Todd's trailer, I mean the the, the screenwriter was there as well. Like they were all kind of collaborating uh, and reworking things. And the other thing that was kind of interesting from this interview, uh, which which didn't really occur to me until she said she said you know Joaquin lost so much weight that when they would go and shoot these things, they basically had a really short window where they could actually go and and shoot these things again. Like so, if they didn't quite get it right, they only had like a few weeks to to redo it because like they couldn't keep him at that same weight for long. Right, because that was unhealthy. <laughs> it was unhealthy. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. So oh, I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait to see. Can't wait to see what they come up with. I mean, I'm just I'm a big fan of Walking Phoenix and just seeing what he does with this character and uh, seeing that this whole production was kind of dynamic here, where they were on the fly, they were kind of making some adjustments and coming up with new ideas and all that. It just it just it's kind of exciting. You don't know where this thing's gonna go. They may have just come up with something like super brilliant and they said, "Oh, we need to do this," and then and uh, and they went and did it. So it's, Ooh, okay. it's gonna be fun. Uh, so what's this about Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn? Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, uh, Matthew Libatique, who is the cinematographer for A Star Is Born, uh, of course, uh, got nominated for Best Cinematography. So, and he's going to be the uh, cinematographer for Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Thank you. You're welcome. And then the other thing about this, when we talk about A Star Is Born, of course, A Star Is Born was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Todd Phillips is one of the producers. Todd Phillips of The Joker is one of the producers of A Star Is Born. I was unaware of that, to be honest with you. Yeah. But it makes sense because Star Wars Born was a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, apparently, Patty Jenkins has been out talking about Wonder Woman 1984 and even the possibility of a Wonder Woman 3. Now, I do want to take this moment to interrupt the, our regular scheduled program to go, I'm glad to know that this article from Vanity Fair finally explains to me what her miniseries on TNT is about. Yeah. That she's doing with Crest Pine. I was like, oh, the Black Dahlia murders. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> I want to watch that now. I do want to watch that. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. I didn't even know what that was. Was those kind of news? Because like I just didn't know that she was connected to that. No, I oh no, that's been known. Like I knew that she was doing this TNT miniseries with Chris Pine called "I Own the Night." I just had no idea what it was about. Yeah, that was about the Black Dahlia murders, and I was just like, <laughs> "1940s LA, famous serial killer case." I am there. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a good one. Um, she, well, I mean, 
in in talking, you know, with Vanity Fair about uh, of that TNT miniseries, uh, she, they were she was asked about you know whether or not she's going to be doing Wonder Woman three, and she came on. She goes, well, you know, whether I direct it or not, uh, I see how her arc should end in my incarnation of Wonder Woman. Uh, she said, I have a great passion for that. And then there was a Hollywood Reporter interview where she talked about how it, you know if, if Wonder 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 Woman three happens, it's going to be a contemporary uh, story, like no more period pieces. Like she's like, where where else can we go with this point? Right. So that that will be. I'll, I'll be happy to finally have a Wonder Woman movie set in the present yeah. instead of always in the past. Yeah. So that will be fun. But you know, there's a little like minute and a half clip from the Hollywood Reporter article that you could watch on Twitter that has her talking about how she you know she's she knows where she wants to go. They asked her about directing a Justice League movie, and she's like, I'm just enjoying the characters getting a chance to individually shine. So that was that was her comments about that. So and that seems to kind of like fall in line with where it seems that Warner Brothers is going anyway right now. Just yes. focusing in on more and trying to develop some franchises uh, before yes. they start worrying about putting everyone together. Which, you know, sure, you know, after, after the last time, let's let's, let's 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 take our time this time. I mean, let's face it, you already have two established franchises. I mean, Superman and Batman, and you just have all these other properties. Like, man, if you can get a few more of these to become franchises, then you're just kind of set. Like, you don't have to put out a Batman film every two years. <laughs> you, you can kind of rotate different characters in and out. So it, it seems like from a purely business standpoint, uh, it seems like the right thing to do at this point. All right, so that's it for our movie news. We're going to move into some very brief TV news before we wrap it up for the uh, evening. Uh, Batwoman is reportedly doing some casting. Uh, there's like three characters they're talking about casting. The only one that really stands out that's really kind of newsworthy, Luke Fox, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Lucius Fox son, also known in the comics as Batwing, is being, is being, has been cast. Uh, I could tell you the actor's name, but I have no idea who he is, so it doesn't, the name means nothing to me. <laughs> but more important is to know that Luke Fox is going to be a character in the Batwoman TV show, basically playing the Lucius Fox role for uh, Ruby Rose's Kate Kane, yep. is my understanding. Uh, Krypton had an awesome Instagram photo uh, of of Lobo, and that design continues to impress. I mean, Krypton <laughs> is nailing it on costume designs. Definitely nailing it. So, I mean, this is uh, actor Emma J. Scanlon uh, posted an image of him as Lobo. I love the little caption he kind of put with it uh, because it's, first of all, it's just a great dead-on, uh, you know, Lobo. It's the main man. It's the main man, right? But in his caption in this thing, he says, Jason Momoa calls for Lobo to be in Aquaman movie two, and for the first time ever, the actor playing the TV version will also play the movie one. In other news, I'm lying. I'll be doing my own movie instead. Lying. Fact is, I'm not available. Too effing busy. Literally can't stop lying. <laughs> I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. Yeah. And this is the perfect attitude for Lobo. And I want to know when Krypton season two is coming back. That's what I yeah. want to know. And, and uh, getting back to this whole thing, like the detail I love about this Lobo costume is, you know, on the belt, basically in a crotch area, is the, a, a skull with this <laughs> the wide open mouth. It's just awesome. Yeah, it's just it's Lobo. It's, it's Lobo. So Lobo. They nailed it. Oh, uh, you're gonna. Oh, yeah, by the way, just speaking about Lobo, wait till you finally catch up on you know Young Justice Outsiders. Okay, you got you got you got some fun stuff coming. By the way, got some fun stuff. All right. Yeah. I uh, got some news about Doom Patrol. If you look on the DC Universe app, they have revealed that the first episode of Doom Patrol will air on February 15th, and it will be a 15-episode long season. Yeah, 15 weeks of us reviewing them. I know. Uh, however, that does mean that there's actually a two-week break between uh, Young Justice Outsiders and Doom Patrol. So I'm kind of curious what they're going to fill in with those two weeks, because like the week between Titans and Young Justice, there was like an Aquaman feature, you know, like old Aquaman. 
Aquaman feature that came out. So I'll be curious if they try to fill it in with, you know, some quote new release for the two weeks uh, before Doom Patrol airs. But I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to Doom Patrol. I, I'm, I, I like the characters from the Titans episode, and then the fact they're recasting Timothy Dalton as the Chief. I'm, I'm kind of getting a little jazz for the show. Yeah, I'm kind of curious that too because you said they dropped like um, four episodes today or this week, right? Of Young Justice. Yeah, they, they cleaned it out. They could have spread that out over a couple weeks, and it's curious that they didn't. So yeah. Well, it, they've been doing three episodes, three episodes, three episodes, and you know it would have been. Like like three episodes and then one episode because they do um they're doing 26 episodes of young justice so 13 and 13 would be a good cut and the way they end episode 13 it's a it's a mid-season finale okay. it's it's like you wanted to end it there mm. oh by the way uh so i'm i'm gonna backtrack a little bit here did you see the official trailer for the boys no thank you no i i saw the tweet but i was in a place where that would not have been appropriate to watch <laughs> it's a uh it's mostly yeah it's a i mean it, it's it's a good call but like it's not as bad as it could have been i know, need in terms to go like, back to yeah. the i need to go back to the the twitter the the official twitter account because i do follow the boys twitter account i did see that it's coming out summer of this year yes which will be the perfect time to watch it uh because i did tell you i finished the whole series yes, right yes so no i do need to go back and watch that trailer yeah it, it continues to excite me <laughs> I definitely see that. okay well that's what i'm doing you know when we once we once we blow somebody's butt up uh <laughs> I am. I'm getting off, and I'm watching that. Uh, I'm watching that trailer. Yes. Uh, oh, and a little bit of perfect service announcement. If you have not already purchased it digitally, this is a reminder to all DC Universe subscribers that Reign of the Superman, while it comes out physically on Tuesday, same day they will drop it on the DC Universe app, so you can stream it as part of your subscription. And and Death of Superman is still there, so you can do your own personal double feature of the Death and Return of Superman. Yeah. Well, I I think that's pro- that's probably the most important stuff we need to talk about when it comes to TV. Uh, I did want to touch on some some kind of sad news for me as a DC Comics fan uh, and also as uh, somebody that used to want to be an artist. Uh, DC Comics legend George Perez is retiring. He has announced that on Facebook. Oh, so many, so many different, so much work. Yeah. I mean, DC and Marvel. I mean, the man has worked his butt off. I mean, let's, if there's ever someone who's earned his retirement, it's yeah. him. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know George has been having a lot of problems. I mean, he's he's been having for many years now like uh, problems with his vision and he's been having you know difficulty uh, being able to draw like he used to and so um, I- I'm glad we got more time than it looked like we were going to get with him as an artist you know when he first started having some of the medical issues and all that but like it's still very much sad to see him retiring especially like the fact is like when I was read, you know when I was like reading books with his art as a kid and I'm just like he's got that famous like George Perez uh, signature that I've always remembered oh yeah and you know you just get this at his point in life of like well somebody's retiring that I enjoyed as a kid I'm like oh that's just kind of sad like he's been he's been there for my childhood and all my adult life as an artist and, and it's kind of sad to see him move on but you know it's good for him well let's talk about you know the Avengers uh, New Teen Titans Crisis on Infinite Earths yeah the JLA Avengers team up book yeah uh, I mean the the list goes on and on but uh, the man the man has made his mark most notably with writer Marv Wolfman yeah but also uh, as a writer artist himself on the post-crisis reboot of Wonder Woman. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, and I think that was some of my favorite work that he's ever done. The the the, the, Wonder, the Wonder Woman, Woman run? Yeah, the Wonder Woman run. That yeah. Was, that was some great stuff. And especially, like, he was one of these kind of artists that when, when you know, his, his art was fantastic, but when he would do his own art and ink his own art, it, it just went to a whole new level. Like, his attention
attention to detail. And especially, I mean, he was just one of these artists that can, can put 100 people on the page and he would put 100% into every character. Like, it was just amazing. I just remember as a kid just sitting there looking at his art and he, especially like, say, take Crisis on Infinite Earths. I would just sit there and spend so much time looking at all the different characters in the background just because... Oh, God, there's so many. There's just so there's many. so many. Yeah. Oh, and I have the absolute edition of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, I do too. So, I mean, it's just like when the book takes up your entire, like, lap plus some. Yeah. And you just you just get to see it all. It's yeah. so glorious. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, what a great career. So, and then a uh, little bit of uh, sad news we'll kind of close out on, <laughs> kind of doing this in reverse order. Um, DC Comics did undergo uh, about a 3% layoff of their workforce. Who? Was there any reported reasons, particularly? Uh, well, I mean, the, the, the claim was and it allowed them to kind of get back to the roots and focus in on things. But basically, I mean, with all media right now, you're seeing so many different um, uh, things of media just that are going through layoffs right now because it's in a digital age. It's like the, the landscape is changing so quickly. Um, I think the old business models just, you know, can't be supported anymore. And so so I think you're, you're basically kind of seeing that. Okay. Well, okay. Well, seven of the company's 240 employees are bleeding. Yeah. Well, I, because you got to remember that so many, so many of the people that we think of as DC employees, well, they're not employees, they're work for hire. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. All right. Well, I, it was, it was, uh, it was one of those weeks. We didn't get a trailer like we did last week. <laughs> I am so, I'm a little disappointed. I was really looking forward to a trailer review. No, 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 no. I know, I know. But you know what? If we get one for the Super Bowl, I am all for that. I want, yeah. I, <laughs> I want one tailored for the Super Bowl. All right. Well, um, by the way, I want to go ahead and put this out there now. If, if you guys are doing the counting, you do realize that we're like six weeks away from our 200 episode. Oh, yeah. So, like, so, like, prepare yourselves for whatever we're going to do because Tim and I don't know what we're going to do yet. We don't know what we're going to do. We'll figure it out probably that night. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I feel like we need to do something. It's 200, man. We need to do something special. Yeah. What are we going to do? We probably should. We probably should. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Uh, if you guys have some yeah. suggestions, tweet us, email us. Yeah. At Suicide Squadcast on Twitter. I'm at ScottDC27. Yeah. And then you can get me at Alan Fire on Twitter. And of course, you could always email the show at, at Suicide Squadcast. You mean Suicide Squadcast at gmail.com? On Twitter. Did I, I say did I say email? What you did, did I say? Not say the email. You said the Twitter handle again, and you're supposed to be giving the email. <laughs> Good enough. Uh, obviously, obviously, we need some sleep. <laughs> at obviously. Least I do. Yep. No, you can email us at suicidesquadcast at gmail.com. I said it again. Uh, Vero, Facebook, suicidesquadcast.com is our website. And don't forget about patreon.com slash squadcast media. $5 a month gets you access to all that good stuff. Hey, who's who? Who's going to want to miss out on our Howard the Duck review that's coming up in a couple of weeks? I am trying to schedule it right now. I've gotten no response from the rest of the Slack group. Although, I think we are going to be reviewing Howard the Duck. That's our next film coming up. Uh, <laughs> Scott, you have never seen it? No, I actually own the DVD, but I have never watched it. And I got it two years ago for Christmas. And <laughs> who, who did that to you? I actually asked for it. You Whoa, 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 whoa. What? what? You've seen my DVD collection. I own stuff just to own stuff. I mean, I know you do, fine. but uh, well, I, I, who am I to criticize? Because uh, you bought it digitally on iTunes. I, I did buy it. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Since we're doing this, you know, we're, we're doing this, you know, those movies, the Super Suicide Squadcast movies show for Patreon. Um, there's like some movies that I just haven't owned. And I just figure like we're doing the shows. I'm going to buy them. So as as we do a review, I've just been buying all these shows. And I've kind of seen this Howard Duck coming up. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to buy that. I don't want to buy it. <laughs> 
So, so I was just kind of like, okay, that'll be one I just rent, you know. But at the same time, I was like, well, geez, I own every superhero film now at this point, pretty much. I mean, there's there's some I don't have yet, but I I own almost all of them. And that was one I just didn't have. I'm like, well, I'll just rent it. And I'm like, well, let me see how much it costs. So I took a look at it, and it was like $15 on iTunes. I'm like, I am not paying $15 for this film. Well, and then I took one last look this past up or this past week, and they had it on sale for five dollars. And I'm like, gosh darn it! I could rent it for four dollars, or I could buy it for five dollars. So here's the deal: I'm going to buy it for five dollars. I'll probably only ever watch it one time, so I might as well just have rented it for four hours. <laughs> but I couldn't help myself, so yes, I purchased it. Uh, well, I, the I, things I, I do I, for this for our patrons. <laughs> uh, well, if you want to, and I would say if you want to be one of those patrons, five dollars a month, yep. patreon.com/squadcastmedia. So that's going to be it for this week. Oh, we've got nothing else to tell you. Yes, but um. What do we? But what do we have to tell them, Tim? Well, I tell them one more thing. I got one more thing to tell them. If you're going to watch Howard the Duck, just remember these two words: duck breasts. <laughs> I think that's enough for this week. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Go out and keep reading some DC. <laughs> Goodbye. Honestly, Tim, as I've been reading through these set visit reports, I mean, comicbook.com, I mean, I swear, how can they turn every individual quote an actor says into its own <laughs> article? I, I, I would click and I would realize, oh, it's the literally the quote in the headline and they wrote an article about it. I could have just read the headline and kept on going. Yes, you could I have. could have done better things with my Saturday. Yes. Can you imagine if we did our podcast like that? So wow, like, we, we do we do all this like, one show. How many how many episodes would we put out every week? We'd put out like 30 episodes. Maybe, maybe they're maybe maybe they're on to something. Mm. Nah. No, no. What am I thinking? Scott, I, that sh- uh, we need to purge this from our heads right now.